This podcast is brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash dissectingthe80s to find out how you can get more than a dozen bonus episodes of this show, your own custom RSS feed to listen to them, and even link it to your Spotify account if that's how you get your podcasts. Once again, visit patreon.com slash dissectingthe80s to get even more of this podcast. Welcome to Dissecting the 80s. I am one half of the mega podcasting powers, Tenacious Triplano. And with me, as always, my tag team partner, the Macho Mandrew, Action Andrew Lano. <laughs> uh, and we are tackling a movie I have been just absolutely stomping my feet, excited to watch, and delighted to say that it totally lived up to all of my anticipation. So, was this your first watch? First watch. I saw, I was like, let me see if this is worth a watch. And I was like, I'll just watch it by myself. No podcast intentions. And then I watched the opening sequence, which we will get to in just a moment. And I was like, oh, never mind. This is fine. <laughs> this is podcast ready. I've signed off in five minutes. Much like I think I told this story, but we did uh, at my bachelor party, we watched Hard Target, the uh, John Woo, uh, Jean Claude Van Damme movie, maybe coming to this podcast next year. Who knows? Uh, Rules are meant to be broken. Uh, and I was describing to them that I had started to watch this movie by myself. And then I got to the part where Jean-Claude Van Damme pulls aside his duster to expose his hip like a gunfighter, except there's no gun on his hip. It's just so he can kick better. <laughs> and I laughed so hard that I about fell out of my chair. and was like, well, I got to watch this with other people. So remember how I've been telling you that there are a lot of like YouTube shorts and Instagram reels are just like clips from movies that are either yeah, explained yeah, 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 yeah. with a robot voice in broken English or just the uh-huh. clip. Yeah, yeah, I got one for Hard Target the other day. Oh, never, really? Never Which got section? another one or one since oh. or prior. What was the scene? It was the scene. It was him with the girl. It was the one you're describing where they like oh, start okay. to like rough up the girl outside her in her convertible, and then he shows up and starts roundhouse like, kicking everybody. And it's like John Claude Van Damme is going to kick shit house. The man exposes his leg. the The other men are very oh, it's, scared. Oh, it's it's like a it's like a. It's like it's essentially descriptive, except it's broken English, either on purpose or just truly broken English, where like it's a scene with all men and they're like, she was very confused by what she was seeing. (laughs) Well, anyway, we watched Action Jackson and you know what that means. We got to go back. We got to go dissect the 80s. It's your stunt spectacular. Someone's got your stunt spectacular. When the mega powers explode. I'm talking about the 80s. Great Scott. Cream of the crop. Oh, yeah. Mega power, yeah! When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. Uh, So this came onto my radar because I saw another movie directed by this man also very likely coming to this podcast uh spoilers gosh i'm trying to oh there we go sorry uh i watched stone cold which we mentioned briefly on this podcast before unrelated to the Stephen uh steven uh steve austin but uh craig r baxley this is his first directorial effort but he was a stunt guy stunt performer he worked on predator uh, a number shows. of other things as well a uh, ton of shows. No, yeah, no, I'm yeah. saying it shows that he is. Oh, it shows. Yeah, certainly it does. Yes. Uh, this is very clear. And so I have this pet theory I've been working on, which is that stunt guys getting to direct can be like the 
the floor, the 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 ceiling is very high, mm-hmm. but the floor is also very low. Okay. So it's like they it's it's like a guy who's either going to strike out or hit a home run, and it's like you're not getting any anything in between those products. It's like you could have a real stinker, but you can also end up with a situation where a guy who has spent his whole life making sure that action looks good on camera is like oh cool all the stuff i've ever wanted to do is getting done you know i was it Pumpkinhead that we said something we said that about special effects people that was stan yeah yeah that was stan winston but i think it's the same point yeah that like a lot i will say not necessarily in a bad way or in this is a read but like it's very masturbatorially actiony this movie Oh yeah, 100%. In the same yes. way that like Pumpkinhead was very masturbatorily like special effect shot. Yeah, this movie is like a pornography in that it's mostly the the action uh, this is mostly action and that is mostly naked people, you know what I yeah. mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, masturbatory is the word for it, but in this case it's like yeah, baby, it's well done. give it to me. <laughs> and the other thing too is like I've seen some I I have seen some um modern versions of this too. I want to say it's called Braven, which, as I'm saying it out loud, makes me think I'm an insane person. But there's a Jason Momoa um, action movie I saw also directed by a stunt person, a, a coordinator, a stunt coordinator, a stunt um, like like I forget, pre-Aquaman were, Momoa, like pre-Game of Thrones. No, Momoa? this I think. No, I believe this is uh, post uh Aquaman and the guy who directed it is and is involved with Aquaman. Oh. So he was like a so is that's Lynn Oding and he did stunts on Transformers, Fast and Furious. Looks well, like Momoa is in the newest Furious movie. I've seen this is way before. I've seen the scene of him this in is the, the newest guy. Furious and like I'm like, "Oh, actually you look very enjoyable in this movie." Yeah, this 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 guy did the original Fast and Furious and also Tokyo Drift. Looks like Spy Kids. The, wasn't the original um, Fast and Furious stealing DVD players or something? Uh, I believe they were DVD. Or was that gone in VHS. sixty seconds? No, no. I believe it was VHS combo televisions. Or was or was it VCR DVD combo DVD? It was it was televisions with the player built in. So it might have been gotcha. Uh, it might have been the. I thought it was a VCR DVD uh, combo. DVD player. And it looks like this is Fast and Furious, which I think is like part five. Oh. But in any case, this is like a this is 2018, so it's like post Yeah, so that's okay. Um post Aquaman Moa. But the guy, uh Lynn Oding, was a stunt coordinator who got to direct this movie, and it's not a great movie, but the action parts of it rule. And it so reminded me, and I mean this as a compliment, even though people, some people might not think it, it reminded me of movies like this, like directed DVD or directed VHS action movies that were like mostly an excuse to do cool stunts and not much else, yeah. which I'm fine with. Like I have no, I have no issue whatsoever. It's just crazy like, that this movie performer. also happens to have like Carl Weathers and, Yes. Craig T. Nelson, I think, was f- pretty famous at the time, right? He was in a TV show. I he, he was at least past Poltergeist. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I forgot he was. So, so he had had a, he had had a career. Leave the expelling of the ghost to the man. I don't think so. <laughs> Is that that's the she's not she's not that. but. Here's okay. the thing. If you give me Craig T. Nelson, <laughs> it is like, a why short is, walk why is to Mrs. Incredible. <laughs> oh, sure. The Incredibles. Sure. It is a sure, short sure, walk sure, sure. to Helen Hunt, yeah, Holly no, Hunter. I get it. Holly Hunter. I get it. I get it. I get it. No, I get right? it. Right? Holly? It. 
It's Holly yeah. Hunter, yes. It's a short walk from Craig T. Nelson to Holly Hunter, so My you're getting the one Holly Hunter I got. Uh, but yeah, yeah, so we got great, great stunt work, and then a director who's like basically just here to film the stunts. And the rest of the stuff is a little is is beyond a little ridiculous, but it works because of how insane the world around it is. Like a world in which you're blowing up cars in an explosion that fills the screen once every ten minutes. It's fine if the dialogue includes things like, "Give me, give me two reasons why I would have said something like that to you," and the woman pulls her top. It's straight man camp. It's insane. It's straight man yeah, camp. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what it is. That's a good way to put it. Um, so, yeah, I, I texted you while I was watching it, and I was like, I don't care if you like the movie or not, but I want you to know this is, like, a hard target. Like, go into it knowing what level it's playing Or at. Uh, Sudden Death, I think, the movie we've referenced. But Sudden Death, yes. Another movie maybe coming to this podcast. Yeah, Sudden Death there is like, there the, is like Fran Fine's father on the nanny. Often referenced, but never actually seen until much later in the run. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll find a way. Maybe we'll do Jean-Claude Van Damme month for some reason. It's fine. January? Jean? Oh. 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 You might have just, just cracked <laughs> um, it. The problem is, the problem is, I need like a three... I was hoping for like a three episode month. I don't know if January is a three. We'll, well have I'm to figure this out. Throwing things out there. I I like it. I like what you're saying. I like what you're saying. Um, so we start with the lady who plays the news broadcaster in Die Hard, uh, and and this random guy, and we're doing like a late night apology speech in this office, and we think that there's like. A little bit of inappropriate, like, oh, why don't you have sex with me? And I was like, oh, wow, this movie's getting right into it. And no, he doesn't want to have sex. He wants to watch boxing. Yeah. And he turns on this boxing match and starts, like, air fighting it. She's not She's not here for it. Yeah. Uh, and then w- just when you're like, what the hell is this Because they keep hearing, like, all sk- of the window. Skittering on, like, or, like. Yes. Yes. On the roof. Yeah. And then all suddenly all the windows explode and in swipes a dozen, foot clan? A half a dozen, the foot clan who knock the woman unconscious and then proceed to beat this man up, set him on fire and throw him out the window. And it is just like, again, you got a stunt person, stunt coordinator who's like, the thing that I am going to make sure looks best is the thing that I am an expert in. And so this beautiful dummy goes, it's flap, a hell flap, of a fire the window. <laughs> it's amazing through a window and into like a mall food court, yeah, like, a, or like a mall fountain food court eating. I don't know. It's wild, but it's basically if the move, the script says they're the foot clan, but the casting director yes. just went, I want all the terrorists from Die Hard. <laughs> yeah, we do. When they unmask, it is just literally all. And the they're all the blonde one. They're all the hot blonde one. We, well, we've got uh, we've got fake Huey Lewis, aka the cowboy boots guy, watching the football game at the front desk. Mm-hmm. We've got uh, ice cream cone in the back of the head from Last Action Hero. Al, shoot, Al K, the the Asian guy with the crazy beard mm-hmm. who is eating eating, I think, a Crunch Bar in Die Hard before he gets killed. It might be a Kit Kat. Uh, I mm, I can't remember, but he, he has you, you know what I'm talking about. He yeah. eats like a, he has a candy bar, probably yeah. a crunch. Uh, and there's yeah, and there's at least one other diehard stunt guy extra who is it the blonde we'll one? Get to later. The guy I was talking about, Huey Lewis guy, has like the shorter blonde hair. There's the one with beautiful hair. Isn't that him? 
is is uh, Carl in this? I didn't catch Carl. I mean, I, maybe I'm just mixing up my blondes, but okay. I I I clocked Huey Lewis, the shorter blonde hair guy, but not Carl and his beautiful hair. Carl with his beautiful hair. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's like a bunch of people eating an orange Julius, and all of a sudden the windows explode above them, raining glass, and they're a flaming, a flaming man. man flaps into the fountain or onto the concrete. I'm not really sure which. And all of them are kind of just like, like they do the classic movie, like, "Ah!" you know, but the reactions of the extras are not that big, which really killed me. No, we also, I feel like we need to forget Chekhov's gun and instead go with 80s movies, perfectly framed plate glass window. Yes. (laughs) Yes. You show a perfectly framed plate glass window in your first shot. (laughs) By the end of the third shot, the man has to go through it. And I was so excited to talk about this man falling down the thing on fire that I forgot to mention that this is the first of multiple times in this movie uh-huh. that someone gets launched, a, a rocket launcher shot into their chest from nine feet away that sends them shooting out to a place. Yeah. It's absolutely incredible. It's very lovely. Oh, there's also a great, uh, during the fight, um, like a knife stabbed in the hand. Oh, it's a butterfly knife. Looks fantastic. It's a stupid yeah, yeah, butterfly yeah. knife. But it, the, the 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 prop hand just looks really good. Yeah. I thought the, their, so their butterfly some... knife budget in this gang is astronomical. <laughs> There's so many butterfly knives, and it's so clearly them. like a he just <laughs> yes, it out. Yes, <clears throat> so very clearly a special skills situation. Yeah, and like I will say, I'm going to be clowning on butterfly knives through this podcast. I'm sure there is a cultural significance to non-white people. The man throwing the knife is a white man, so I am not making fun of the cultural significance that could be attached to. I, I don't. I, I I don't know the cultural significance. So if someone does know it, feel free to to hit us up on Twitter at dissect the eighties. I just I know them from young dudes thinking they were cool and flipping them all over the place. Yeah, they are absolutely fun to play with. I don't know if they you are. My friend had um, a practice one. So, oh, okay. I, I always I always used a real one and was just terrified the whole yeah, time. Yeah, no, we were we had the practice one so that we could, you know, it was weighted properly but dull, so you could flip a flip. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh the the, the butterfly knife and the zippo lighter, I feel like two things uh, uh, insufferable t- teen boys. Yeah, but like uh not in uh, uh irresistible. Irresistible to insufferable teen boys. Uh, y- yes, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> that's fine. I'm just saying, like, it just was like, a, oh, yeah, that's... I mean, yeah, I did I it, too. Also, like, <laughs> not for nothing, but as a person who has just recently uh, discovered the joy of fidgety toys with buttons and clickies and stuff, it drives oh, aren't people they crazy. Aren't fidget- yeah, fidgeties? They're really, really good. I was like, oh, this is just... This is what the butterfly knife and the Zippo were doing. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I have... It's the same thing. I can turn anything into a fidget toy. Like, truly anything. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I uh... Sometimes when we're doing this podcast, I have about, uh, foot... 14 inches here of rope that I just keep, like, wrapping into circles, and it, it keeps my hands occupied while my brain is busy. I, I did a project, a sewing project, where I have about, I don't know, eight inches of snap tape left, so I can pull it apart, snap it back together, I can fold it up, <laughs> I can roll it, I can twist it. What is, is snap tape, like, Velcro? No, it's so, you know, like, if someone makes, like, tearaway pants or something, oh, you just sew, okay. it's, so it's like Velcro. Yeah, it's it's basically a, 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 th- a thick shoelace with snaps on it. And so you can, they're see. perfectly matched up. Gotcha. Uh, wonderful Detroit B-roll. And then what I think is like a sneaky 
genius move is the the soundtrack of this movie. Herbie Hancock, one of the two people really? working on it. So yeah, masterful uh, funk rhythm guy. Obviously, great many great songs. Herbie Hancock. A lot of people love the guy, but his just the way that he wrote music has such like a cool synthy action movie vibe to it that it's just like such a natural fit to do something like this and you can feel the herbie hancockness i feel like in some of the action sequences it's got this kind of like funky synthy vibe that i think is fantastic I see that yeah i thought i thought the opening sequence was just okay in terms of i don't know i just i just was like oh this is going to be my flavor of ridiculous and i was like it's time it's th- time to do this on the podcast and it gets i think the opening sequence is the worst of the action sequences and it's still pretty funny. oh no i meant the oh, like this credits sequence i thought was okay oh 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 yeah i mean it's just it's just it's there are two there are three sections of this movie where it's just like shit we gotta get to 88 minutes it's this opening sequence which is about 120 seconds long and it's the two times the uh, vanity sings. i get out of here <laughs> get the hell out of here full full song performances at two interludes is outrageous but at the same time i'm like if you t- if you cut this this character is just basically here to be naked once and then say quippy stuff. So I get that they needed something for her to do, but I just wish it wasn't. I wish this. it wasn't that. And like, I kept thinking, I was like, well, in Birds of Prey, they do this very same thing where it's someone singing in a nightclub. And I was like, yeah, but Di- in my head, I'm like, Dinah Lance, the character, was a key player. We learned a lot about her. By the time she's singing her second song, I, I know three facts about this woman. And two of them are that she has two breasts. Five. Five facts, if we include both breasts. <laughs> but, like, I was like, yeah, no, it, it's, it was earned because we knew that it was a whole, like, we knew Dinah's whole story. And I was like, this woman. Well, also, the, the nightclub part in Birds of Prey is later used to make that dude seem really scary, the villain. Yeah, exactly. So it like it like plays all into that business. This is just like Craig T. Nelson drooling on the floor as this woman sings the first. Also, time. do you think it wasn't him in that in the in the first half of that shot? Because it was like very silhouetted for me. Huh. It was very. It's dark. very possible. Like, do you think they it really could have been like, like a pickup? I'm not showing up. I don't. I don't have. I don't have a Craig T. Nelson. <laughs> I'm not showing up. Get Holly. <laughs> Get Holly. The idea that like she has been his stand-in when he is like six five and she is five three is just really good. Mm-hmm. Leave the stand-in to the band. I don't I think don't, so. I don't think so. <laughs> it's a great line, and you can put so much in it. It's it is the only. I first of all I can't really do it, but the only line I would even attempt it with because I heard you do it forty five times. I like movie lines where you can. Uh, switch the uh, a word around and put it in yeah. your real life like what's thou like to live yeah, deliciously from the vavitch it's great to put what's thou like to stir deliciously what's thou like to sleep yeah, deliciously sure. there's options yeah uh we got um biff from back to the future whose name just fell out of my head the actor's name i don't name, got but it that's but that's fine. I, do a uh, fun job in this movie doesn't have much to do he's, but he's fun and he fills out this cast in a really nice way this is post back to the future yeah, it's it's pre Back to the Future three, but post two. I guess Back to the Future two is eighty nine. So it's it, no, it's before. It's just after the first one, but before the the second thirds. But his partner is, and this is a real deep cut, the actor who played John Henry in the film Tall Tale, which I watched a no lot. No Whatever happened to that cup? Yes, Wait, I think I have that cup. Actually, answer my question. <laughs> I was gonna say I think you have it. Uh, Pause. 
<laughs> right here. That's fantastic. We'll have to take a picture of it so I can post it with this episode that no one will get or understand. Oh, what's on the back? Spin uh, it around. Let me see it's, the other it's, side. It's the three of them. Is the cast? Oh wow! Is the kid there? Too? No, it's just no. It's well, it's not even. It's it's the three men. It's not the woman because I'm pretty sure there's no. Isn't woman. there? Well, there's a woman in the movie. They like save a woman, but there's not like a tall tail. I thought. I thought like Annie Oakley. Is she real? I have no. Yeah. I swear it's like so Catherine O'Hara as Annie Oakley or some shit. Huh. I have absolutely no memory of a woman being in that movie, which is very funny, but would make sense that you would remember and I wouldn't. Uh, that mug, famous in our family because our grandmother poured hot coffee into a tin mug, not thinking, oh, that's probably not a great combination of things, and burnt the bejesus it's out It's what the cowboys and, did. Uh, it, it is what the cowboys did, but I think they, like, gripped... They probably the, had gloves like, on, very actually. Edge- Oh, probably, yeah. And also, we're just like, you know, uh, is the film not called Telltale? Oh, there it's called it is. Telltale. Uh, yeah. No, I came in. Ni- 1995 there. Yeah, it's, uh, we got your, Oliver Platt is Paul Bunyan, Patrick Swayze is Pecos Bill. Swayze. And, yeah, and uh, Roger Aaron Brown from this movie as John Henry. And then uh, Nick stalls again. Oh, your Calamity Jane as, uh, is, uh, is indeed Catherine O'Hara. <laughs> I had no idea. Burgess Meredith. Also no way! I wonder, I wonder if that's on Disney+. Yeah. Plus. It should be if it isn't. Uh, anyway, uh, this guy uh, I knew from... I was like, who is this guy from? And then I realized it was that movie, and I was like, wow, no one on Earth is going to get this reference on the podcast, but that's Well, fine. he also... Hang on. I'm pretty sure I wrote something down Elsie was in that I saw. I don't have it. I'll find it. I'm sure I'll, I'll come across okay. it, but... Yeah. They pop up. These two guys are sort of like the... Um, Timon the, and Pumbaa. The... the, the uh, yeah, I was gonna say Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, but it's the same characters. <laughs> the uh, they 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 like they swing in and out. Their allegiance changes multiple times through the movie. Like they go back and forth on who whether they're on Team Action Jackson or against Action Jackson, which I think is kind of a fun aspect yeah. of it. But in this particular one, they um they've arrested a guy who <laughs> there's a stunt man who plays a woman and is like beating this kid up with his purse as or with her purse. Wait, is, do you think female. it's it's the salon lady, or is it a stunt man? No, it's it's a stunt performer. It's cre- It's like it's credited as like big lady with purse. Oh, I love and her. Like She's great. Jim Jim Smith. Yeah the 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 salon lady Both. or this I, lady. Frankly, okay. the fact that that I have, fucking salon I have, lady. I'm yeah. I have, have I, I have yes, an eight, I, I, know I have, I have a six say. paragraph theme about <laughs> the fucking salon lady and how it is a crime I'm, that she is yes. only in the movie for a minute. An hour yeah. and ten minutes in, like get yeah, out of here. I was, I was like, why is this woman not been in the whole film? What are we doing? This is such a, it's such a perfect like. You have to imagine when you're making a movie like this and you shoot that, you kind of start looking around halfway through the scene and you're like, is this really happening? Like, are we really getting something this good? Well, I wonder, like, is this is this real? If, like, maybe they filmed it close to sequentially and they were like, shit, we can't yeah, go back yeah. and reshoot it. It it can't be that because then she would have been part of the ending part. So we'll, we'll, I, I want to save some of these things for as they yeah. come up in the movie because the excitement of them is she's is so good. She's so good, it. and and she yes. was in Brooklyn Nine Nine. Really? I, what episode? She, I think she's Doug Judy's mom, Diane. Wow! If that's right, that would that would that that makes her a character lot of name sense. was Diane, and she was in the Pontiac Bandit episode. And I'm pr- I'm okay. pretty sure Doug Judy's mom was Dan- was Diane. Okay. Yeah, I don't remember which um which of the 
Pontiac Bandit episodes the mom is the in. first it's one. Very possible. Oh, is I she? think. Well, that's, I'm pretty sure it's the first one because that's the episode she's credited for. That, the Pontiac Bandit is definitely the first episode of those. I just wasn't sure if the mom was in the first one, but that would make sense. Um, so they they this this kid is like trying to steal a purse. The the stunt performer. <laughs> The very big stunt performer beats the piss out of him with the purse, and they put the kid in the back seat. And Biff and uh, John Henry start going like uh, they do the full SNL Bill Brasky, which is a reference you may or may not refer- remember. But Wait, is it is that just, is that like, John K- not, uh, is that um Chris Farley's character? I th- I think Farley might have been in some of them, but you never saw Bill oh. Brasky. It was always four four guys drunk at a bar telling tales about Bill then Brasky no, and the crazy things he did. It's exactly the same bit as this, which is like Action Jackson once killed five men with a paperclip. Action Jackson once took a guy's arm, bent it behind his back, and stuck it in his pants. You know, or stuck it down his pants so he couldn't get it back. Like he, like whatever the insane things they say about him. Like Action Jackson once kicked one guy into seven other guys, and they fell down like bowling pins like each story getting more and more ridiculous yeah and so this kid is scared completely shitless and it leads to this incredibly good gag which i thought was like kind of a mild chuckle the first time and then by the time it got called back the third time i was bellowing brilliant it's it's perfectly stupid he uh we'll skip ahead and then go back but he sees he he yeah well, we'll just go. We'll go through we're almost there. And get to it that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they we casually harass a sex worker, and who she is, fights is, back, and I love it. Yeah, and they are doing this after they like bring the kid in. They handcuff him to the chair, and then they inexplicably unhandcuff him. I guess they're gonna like move him. Yeah. Biff Biff starts sexually harass, harassing this sex worker who just really wallops him in the nuts, which he sells like gangbusters. Well, he's the whole, he's the no, whole... he's no stranger to big, phys- big broad <laughs> physical comedy. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Great actor. Mm-hmm. I was, uh, um, Thomas, Thomas Wilson, Thomas F. Wilson. Is that his name? I think that's it. That could be. <clears throat> I think that's right. Um, but he gets kicked in the nards and the entire bullpen of cops is like, Oh, <laughs> like they're immediately like laughing at him. The the purse snatcher kid starts running, and he you know it's like havoc in the in like the vaulting over you desks know, like, and yeah, the papers going all over the place, coffee cups flying, pens and pencils, yada yada yada. He finally gets walloped to the ground, and as he gets up, he sees that it's Carl Weathers' desk, and he just faints dead away, just he like goes like, like a flower. Yes, he's so afraid of what uh, Action Jackson is going to do to him because they were like, well, he'll get in the interrogation booth and then you'll never know what hit you. And this poor kid is just like, oh, no, oh, no. And then we get our first shot of Carl Weathers and it's just, damn, he's even even in the shirt. You're like, wow, he looks good. Do you look up how old he is in this movie? 40 fucking years old. Wow, He's daddy. (laughs) That is a crime that is a criminal crime but he's got that like how henry cavill's got that very squared jaw and yep, like carl yep. weathers has the same jaw built he's got this he's just classically handsome and then he takes his he, shirt off he looks like, like a granite statue God damn it yeah when he, when we finally get carl weathers with the shirt off in the last i don't know half hour i was like gobsmacked because this is way different than most you know ripped people looked he's back like then. he on, looks like he's a current marvel. almost on par with i almost said arnold schwarzenegger wow i lost that name yeah yeah which like frankly i'm a little upset that he didn't have a a blooming career as as the, the arnold schwarzenegger type 
the fact that there aren't five action Jackson movies, each one like noticeably worse than the last sucks. Mm-hmm. It is insane to me that that is not a thing. Like, I, obviously, this movie didn't make a ton of money, but it was like, you know, very clearly a movie that was meant to obviously on Cinemax. Uh, racism because this movie is full of oh, black yeah. people, very clearly made yeah. with black people in mind. And so, like, yes, no shit. The 80s white people are awful yeah. about it. But yeah, I wish but they weren't. Every goddamn, yeah, it's so good. And like, I've always found Carl Weathers to have like an an exuberant charm. I think he's his character on The Mandalorian is fun for the same reason. Is like, he? He's a good se- screen. I, I don't know if I've seen him yet. I I'm like I just saw I saw Ice Spiders in the Cave. I think was my last. I thought I thought he was in all the seasons of Mandalorian. He only has like one episode a then year. Then maybe I'm, I didn't know if he was like a huge like. No, he's like he's. It's like one of the classic. Like you know, every episode of Mandalorian is like he Shane rides into town, sees a problem, fixes the problem, and rides back out of town. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, you just get you get a really great booming Carl Weathers Mando, you know, kind of thing. Okay. Is, uh, does he look? Hang on, the, there's second follow, only other question. Does he look like himself, or is it like? Oh okay. yeah, I mean he looks he looks older. And he's like I meant more. He's not chiseled out of granite. I anymore. meant more. He's more is he you know in a rubber mask or like voiceover oh, or no. in a Car- suit? Come on, you don't get Carl Weathers and go like let me put you under the nine pounds of makeup like W Earl Brown. You get Carl Weathers, you're like, so would you put on this regal jacket with a thick collar, please? I agree, but sometimes people do bad. No, things. he looks. He's like a reform. His character is like a reformed bad guy who now acts like royalty. He's oh, I think like I know, I think I do remember quality. this character now. Um, but yeah, it is like obviously Carl Weathers was a great foil in the two Rocky movies. I think Rocky feels like the best, like interpret the best visual aid to when I when I picture Carl Weathers in the wild. Yeah. I picture his character in Rocky as like Apollo Creed. Apollo, I picture yeah, Apollo yeah. Creed is, is him because he's like gregarious. He feels very gregarious and charming yep. and like effortless. He's doing like a Muhammad Ali character in Rocky, but Carl Weathers is so naturally charming that it just, it just flies off the screen. Mm. Yeah. When he does that, I think his, um, the, his in, kid doesn't try I mean, quote unquote, his uh, Michael B. Jordan doesn't attempt to be that kind of person in Creed, does he? No, no. He he's like got a little bit of flash, but it's he's not. He's, he's not wearing the same. his he's, James Brown's not singing. Well, I mean, he does get those trunks because that's why I cried on the airplane. Oh, if that's you do right, recall, Senator. <laughs> he does wear the trunks. Let me let me because Fel- Felicia. Yep, I can find that. Yep, there's that testimony. I remember this, Your Honor. Because Felicia Rashad does give him, before the big fight, the American flag trunks that, in hindsight, he died in. So maybe kind of a weird thing to wear in a box. Also, in a purely practical standpoint, there's no way that elastic is still good. (laughs) No. He picks those up and then immediately goes... Maybe they were stored in like a hermetically sealed box. <laughs> she hits a button and like smoke billows out as a plexiglass <laughs> case rises up. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> Son, I'd like to talk to you about the Apollo Creed project. <laughs> <laughs> the Apollo like Creed initiative. Suit. Yeah, yeah. I'm picturing Sam Jackson also in uh, Incredibles being like, where's my super suit? No, now I'm picturing it's the first the shot of Felicia Rashad. Cut to Michael B. Jordan's reaction. Cut back to Samuel L. Jackson taking off a wig as though he was Felicia Rashad the whole time. (laughs) Like with the eye patch patch still. Yeah, definitely. Um, 
the captain is from Predator. Yes, it's Bill Duke. And he uh, looks way nerdier in this than I feel like he did in Predator, yes. which is cool. They they get him in the glasses. They get him in the like the sort of like not ill fitting suit, but like a t- tight and not the like sexy tight way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Tight is in like this is the suit that I have been I've had dry cleaned too many times and now doesn't fit quite right anymore. Mm-hmm. He's he's got very um, like nerdlinger vibe. Yes, a hundred percent. It's it's he seems he has the energy of like used to be kind of an ass kicker kicker got promoted up the chain now is in charge and is like I gotta keep all these idiots in line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the language in this movie is bonkers. And I'm not talking about like foul language. Like, of course they curse and stuff. Who cares? I'm, I don't care, but they're like describing what has happened between a man and a woman. And the one like salty, the saltiest of the cops who, who later comes back and is like on action Jackson's side. So he's fine with me, but he, he says maybe she was there for a protein pickup, which just like, what on earth? Like, sailors would be like, bro, ew. But not even like, ew. What are- like, what? Like, that's the phrasing you, what? Ugh. 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 Like, it's not even immediate. It's a weirdly, it's not immediately clear. It's a. It's not clever and cute. It's not rhyming. Yeah. It's not like yeah. excessively dirt. It's just like a weird thing. It's weird and nasty. Yeah. Is what it is. Um. We run down Carl Weathers' bio. We learn that Action Jackson, uh, his first name is... Uh, Jericho. Jericho, thank you. I was like, <laughs> wrestler, wrestler, wrestler. No, not that wrestler. Um, Jericho Jackson, but everyone calls him Action Jackson. He was a lieutenant, but has been busted down to sergeant because of some political stuff. He busted the uh, son of a very rich guy in town, which I like the commentary that we're doing in this Mm -hmm. movie on that front. Also, I had to keep Um, using Brooklyn Nine-Nine as my reference point for people's status within the... Yes. I was like, okay, so that's Captain Holt. So he's he's Terry. Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh Uh-huh. He was Terry in later seasons. Uh Now he's Terry in earlier seasons. Yes, yes. Uh, but also we find out that Action Jackson went to Harvard. Yeah. Which is like wild that, like, obviously great. I love it. But it's like a, a wild detail for a guy who's just like kind of a beat cop. He's not even a detective. Well, he's above detective. Sergeants are above detectives. Uh, so so I thought you could be a detective and a sergeant. I don't really know the hierarchy. So, uh, at least as far as Brooklyn Nine-Nine goes. Okay. Which seems to, in terms of hierarchy, seems to be... A semblance yeah. of accurate. Yeah. So you have the like detectives that uh, are on like the ground. We'll say the ground level. Uh, technically, like a beat yeah. cop would be below that. But like detectives, and then the person in charge of managing the squad of detectives is the sergeant. And then oh, that yeah makes because like Amy get Amy becomes the exam a sergeant, having been, and then she and gets she moved. goes back to being a uniform. Yeah. So she because I guess well I guess yeah. it's not detectives. I guess there can be a sergeant. A sergeant oversees detective a, sergeant. a group of people. Like it could be beat cops, detectives, right. whatever. And then a lieutenant right. oversees all the sergeants. And then I think a captain yeah, oversees the lieutenants. That makes sense. I just you just would think a guy who went to Harvard would be you know a, a different kind of cop. Yeah. Uh, but it, so he um, he arrested Craig T. Nelson's son. Craig T. Nelson owns a fake car company. Uh, obviously, we're set in Detroit for a reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the Bill Duke is like, well, I'll tell you what, what you have to do is go to the man of the year award for Craig T. Nelson. But and, like, it and- seems obviously it's a movie. And with, if this doesn't happen, then plot doesn't. But like, 
wouldn't he just send the other cop that clearly doesn't have a problem with Craig T. Nelson? Yes. Rather than the I mean, only yeah, cop 100%. on the force that clearly has a specific vocal problem with Craig T. Nelson? I read it as Bill Duke also hates Craig T. Nelson and wants to cause a little stink. I guess. I guess. Um, so we go to this this big party. Uh, we find out that Sharon Stone A is young, the... stunning Sharon Stone in a backless dress. Yes. Yeah. Uh, is the wife of Craig T. Nelson. And uh, she is mostly in this movie to have one cultural conversation with Carl Weathers and then take her clothes off. No, have her clothes taken off. Good, sir. She does not take her clothes off. She takes a shower. Oh, she does. But then later she gets her clothes taken off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, she definitely, the, the most I forgot Sharon Stone, the part where you see almost all of Sharon Stone, she is by herself. I forgot about that part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like the same, she, it's the same backless dress that uh, Catwoman wears in Batman Returns yeah. in the, yeah. in the Shrek department store ball. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and this is where uh, Al, whose name I can't remember, his last name starts to K, the famous stunt guy uh, who gets killed with an ice cream cone in last action hero is Craig T. Nelson's bodyguard. And he like eyeballs action Jackson as um, there's a great bit where it's like he and Sharon stone are having like a quick, like cultural tete-a-tete or is he talking to someone else where he's like dropping references to operas and stuff? I forget who it is. Oh, I don't, we get a little bit of shading of action Jackson where he's like talking about, he's having like a conversation where he's very clearly a man of culture. And then we like cut to, him talking to Sharon Stone. I think that's what it is. He's talking to like some fuddy duddy old yeah, white guy. Yeah. And then he's talking to Sharon Stone about how much Craig T. Nelson sucks. And then smash cut to, uh, I'd like to bring wife. my wife up on stage. And she's like, bye. And then uh, it's really great writing in the, when Craig T. Nelson and, and, and Carl Weathers finally like do get face to face. And they have yeah. all of these like layered double entendre, double speak yeah. conversation where like, as the audience, because we know what's happened so far, we know what's actually they're being ta- what's they're actually talking about. Yes, but like his kids in jail and blah blah blah. Like I helped him, I helped him move. How's he doing in yeah. his new home? Like it's so well yeah. written. Yeah, yeah, and performed. Yeah, really, really fun. Yeah, the two of them are great. Craig T. Nelson fully understands what he's here to do. Twirls his mustache, chews the scenery dies in a big way mm-hmm. like it's like exactly what you want out of one of these performances and uh, some some people really get this some people are just okay at it i this one is stellar to me oh for sure i think it's funny to see like most of his career like he did that sitcom coach obviously poltergeist where he's this like sort of like loving sweet guy and i think the stuff he does best is being just like a real scumbag bastard well, and mr incredible i think he's good at that yeah, well, that's also the sweet family man thing. That's a good. That's yeah. On that, I, I don't think he's bad at it, but I just I I think he's just like such a good scumbag. It's funny that he's like such a plays such sweet characters. Um, so we get some really great goonery on um a boat here. That like no idea why we're on the boat, and then later we learn it's like a lot of most of the plot of this movie is Craig T. Nelson owns an auto company and keeps messing with the head of the auto workers union to give himself an ad- advantage in negotiating and, and killing know. people who are involved in a thing that happened a while ago yes. that it was very nebulous. I found agreed. It, this plot of this movie is paper thin. It's just an excuse to get from good goon fights and explosions. Uh, which brings me to this Harpoon. great bit of goon. 
<laughs> yes. Uh, guy, one guy gets harpooned. Another guy, another guy gets a knife in the head. We're having a no, big. It's a, it's a fight butterfly on the knife boat. to the to the chest that sends him overboard. Right, right, right. I'm sorry. Forgive me. How can you um, forget all the butterfly knives? That just... <laughs> I knew it was he a knife. Him, he has to go to Costco for butterfly knives. <laughs> the guy's got... No, no, no. Do you remember the knife show? He's just buying them from, like, the, the knife show. <laughs> like, like QVC? So, like, late at... Yeah, but it was not QVC. It was, like, late at night. It would come on some channel or another. It was clearly, like, paid advertisement. And it was this, like, really boisterous guy who I think ended up becoming an announcer oh, for is this, like, TNA the tomato wrestling. knife? He cuts the brick and then cuts the tomato? No, no, no. That's way classier. This is, like, a crazy man who looks... Who's probably uh, got the vi- Who's got the vibe of a man who's done cocaine. I don't want to besmirch anybody. And he's like, if you call right now, you get this 18-piece butterfly knife set. You got the gold-bladed, the silver nickel, the black platinum. You get the red rose. And we shouldn't be doing this. Can you believe the deal we're giving? 1995. Three <laughs> easy payments. guy and send it to me to see if I can remember. If you Google crazy knife guy sales, I guarantee you it's the first result. Uh, bad guy get... Uh, not bad guy. The guy on the boat gets handcuffed to a bomb. Yes. And re- the moment where he like rips the case open and realizes what's about to happen to him and it's like shit, 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 try to get his arm uncuffed is perfect. It's like such a great little stunt bit. And here. then magically the, the, the foot clan terrorists from Die Hard are like, yes, I don't know, several nautical miles away, even though they just <laughs> yeah. clipped it to him 10 seconds ago. And it, it literally is 10 seconds. It says it, like the bomb case opens and it's like nine, eight. Also the guy as, uh, because it's the only opera that exists in movies is listening to Pagliacci. Yeah. So it's like the big, it's either Pagliacci oh, or oh. ride of the Valkyrie. So it's like the only two options yeah. for, for movie operas. It's, it's the big famous note in the Pagliacci opera, like and then five goons in like a rubber dinghy, like a tiny speed away from the boat. <laughs> yeah, and then it blows up like forty feet in all directions. It is magical. It's also it's so good. I mean, I'm assuming if there is no li- life in the water, but that's really bad for fish life. I would think so. Ex- yes. Well, ex- no, explosions are very bad for fish. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're saying the real life. In real life. Problems. Explosions are very cause- bad for fish. <laughs> no, I, I'm saying you're saying the movie damaged wildlife. They could have both. I'm saying in there. movie world and in okay. real world. I'm saying if they held that shot a little longer, you might have seen a couple fish bodies pop to the surface. <laughs> imagining just like a that's what happens i know i know but i'm imagining it happening in this movie (laughs) one of the foot clan just picks one out of the water and takes a bite like he's a bear (laughs) i love sashimi uh here we get another uh stolen from die hard it's argyle the limo driver playing uh a valet i thought he was familiar yeah he he only does roles where he has unusual names and drives cars. I mean, hey, make a name, make a name for yourself. 
Uh, and so inside Action Jackson's apartment, we get an ad for Haley, Hallie, Haley, Hallie, Haley, like H-A-L-L-E-Y. the comment. H-A-L-L-E-Y is Haley. Okay. Uh, Auto, which is Craig T. Nelson's thing. Um, and then we find out that the boat guy was the uh, AWA president, which I'm guessing is probably not the real name of the um, Automotive Workers Association. Probably not. Something like that. But it's the the union of people who work on the automobiles. Um, and... Uh, so he, we, we kind of get a little bit of shading filled in on this. And then he's only in the movie for one scene, but Robert Davi, who we know from the Goonies. Jake Fratelli. Is, yeah, he's the opera uh, singer, actually. Playing. He is the opera singer. That's right. It's funny he's not singing Pagliacci here. Um, although he almost certainly is singing Pagliacci and Goonies. Right? Uh, he might be. Okay. Um, he is so good in this one scene as a guy who is absolutely at the end of his rope, like losing his mind, chewing his fingernails strung out. quick, you know? Yeah. Strung out. Uh, and he's like completely freaking out. Um, talking to Carl Weathers who kind of calms him down and then leaves. And then not eight seconds after Carl Weathers leaves, knock, knock, knock. It's the UPS. Well, I think it's like APS, but he's very clearly dressed. It's like, like the most driver. obviously not a real delivery man, delivery man. Yeah. Yeah, he's got like a clipboard with a blank piece of paper on it. And he's like, hey, you got to sign for it. And she's like, any anywhere? <laughs> and then he <laughs> shoots him in the chest. Uh, Vanity Sings, which I wrote ZZZZ. Yeah. Although uh, it was like, she's got the then, face of a young Halle Berry. I could see that. Like that very like sweet, I think sweet, she's pretty soft, good in this movie. Face. Yeah. I think she's pretty good in the movie. I just don't. The singing, I just, I'm, I just like not adding anything to this movie for me. Yeah. Well, I, her character is written very annoyingly for the first chunk of her screen yeah. time. Yeah. Until she gets off the drug, she's annoying, which doesn't seem like an accident. No, no. But also, why do villains in movies have these like Victorian ass looking syringes? They do really. Or I think the it's like the flavor some... injector syringe. It is a hundred. I think that's actually what this prop is. A flavor injector? Yeah, because it's like so theatrically big. It looks like something like out of Reanimator. Well, that's what I'm wondering if maybe like prop syringes, because they if it's for theater, they got to read to the back of the house. So like prop houses are like we got these. It's possible, but later when Vanity is trying to do drugs in the 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 motel building, that's a regular syringe. Oh yeah, but that's something Craig T. Nelson has it because he's a rich man. So like right. rich. Right, rich villains yeah. have these weird. I think it's. I you're 100 right. It's like a rich villain syringe. I the, here's here's the question I had about Craig T. Nelson, and I guess he's very rich in, if he owns a car company. Um, but is he powerful enough to land a lady who looks like this? Because like she she seems like she could have her pick of the rich guy litter. I mean, I think it's more is he rich enough? Because like if he's throwing the most money at her. She's yeah, yeah. She's a business lady. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so she's a little unhappy with the amount of attention being paid to him. And she's like, "You told me you were going to get me a record deal. You told me you were going to get this person to record my album." And going on and on about these things. And this is where I, where I already made this joke, uh, relayed this joke. But he's like, "Give me two reasons why I would have said that." And she just drops her dress. It's fantastic. I laughed so hard at it that my wife texted me and was like, "What's going on?" Yeah, I, I rolled very hard. Um, so Action Jackson's he, friend, oh, he, we, he gets, he is shot. Now Action Jackson's aware. And then, oh, he, Craig T sexually shoots her up, by the way. It's like yes. a, it's like a romantic gesture to get her very high on drugs. Mm. Sorry. Action Jackson, the more. Yeah, it is strange that he, 
that that is also it's insane that he's cheating on Sharon Stone. I know we talk about this a lot in the movies, but it's like this is 1988 Sharon Stone. What are we even talking about here? And she's like a sex pot in the movie. Like she always wants to have sex with him. It's just like, I guess the variety is the key for Greg T. Nelson, but it's just like, she's into it. She's into you. Look at you. I mean, he's not bad. He's no Carl Weathers. I mean, he's got like stringy hair and he's bald. His hair's not great, but if, 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 if things went differently, and yeah, obviously their age, there would be no reason for this to happen. But there's like a world in which Craig T. Nelson could have played Hulk Hogan <laughs> based yeah. on hair. Alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why you would do that, you know, inexplicable. But I'm just saying it's the same hair. It is. It is pretty similar hair. Wait, wait, was Poltergeist the 70s? No, Poltergeist is 83. Okay, Because I remember Craig T. Nelson being like fine as hell in that movie. No, he is looking good in that movie. Yeah, I agree. 85? I forget what year it is. It's an 80s movie. Um, So, Action Jackson basically is like, I'm gonna, I have to separate Craig T. Nelson from his wife, and yes, I don't know if this, him, what he does next is part of the plan or not, because the movie's not super clear, but he just, like, barges into a restaurant with a bloody crime scene photo, yeah. and he accuses Craig T. Nelson of murder with no evidence other than this yes. photo of a crime scene. Yeah. But it works because Sharon Stone is like, oh, but well, maybe he did do this. Oh, yeah. Because but then how is like, she only he plants this seed that then later yeah. she happens to overhear conversation from Craig T. Nelson's henchman. And it's like he doesn't yes. know that that's going to be a thing. <laughs> yeah. So here's here's and again, this is purely just me spitballing. The plan seems to be I will put this seed of doubt in her mind. So that she is like vigilant for evidence of this thing that I know but can't prove. Gotcha. Okay, sure. It's not a good plan, but it is the one that works in this film. Fair. Again, the stunt guy who directed this is like, I got shit to blow up. Move it along. Yeah. And all the nudity is just very like egregious and salacious. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. It's shot like Skidamax. Yeah. With the, with the saxophone to prove it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But it's not like this. It's like it's you hear those horrible stories. And we've talked about this in the podcast a lot where like someone gets coerced into doing something like this at the last minute. There is zero percent chance this wasn't offered to Sharon Stone as like mostly you get naked and then we kill you. Yeah. I was shocked when she died. I did not think that was going to happen. No, me either. But it's just like so much of this performance is nudity. It's like it couldn't have been sprung upon her that it's just like, oh, by the way. Uh, also, here's where we find out that Craig T. Nelson is a martial arts ace. Weird. He's like, he's like really beating this guy down. And I was like, you know, there's this like weird thing in movies where guys, rich guys like this are like sparring with a subordinate, which like obviously the subordinate can't really fight back. No. Like, you know, obviously sparring isn't fighting, but there's always a point where the, the rich guy starts pushing it too hard. And it's like, well, he can't just like come back at you with the same thing. And obviously that's like part of it for these rich asshole characters. Um, but he, I don't think this guy's one of his employees because he snaps his wrist. I can't tell if Craig T. Nelson is the student or the teacher or the not, or their equals. I thought, it, I, I thought it was, yeah, I thought it was Craig T. Nelson getting a lesson. And then very clearly it is like Craig T. Nelson sparring and breaking this guy's wrist. I really don't. Yeah. Know. That's why I, I couldn't tell if he was maybe this, the, the this guy was his teacher. Yeah. Uh, here's the steamy shower scene. And then after she is, uh, you know, naked for 
you know, a minute of saxophone time. She's she's doing the classic like glass applicator perfume. Mm-hmm. I gotta tell you, the idea of having like a loose unclosed bottle of stink liquid in my house <laughs> terrifies me. <laughs> you usually carry the bottle with you. But I'm saying it's like you put it on the shelf of your your dresser or whatever, yeah. and you have a glass bottle with a glass thing in it. It's not a seal. It's not like there's a rubber gasket and you're like, you know, in there good. So you just have a you have an open bottle. So I, I have closed. one. It's it's not really open. It's designed. It's there's a catch at the bo- there's like a a lip at the bottom so for the stopper to sit on. But it's not like a rubber seal, right? Like it, no, it's but like it's a, glass it's like on glass. Air. Yeah, terrifying to me. It's just like anytime I, anytime I bump the dresser, the stink liquid might just explode all over the room. No, thank you. <laughs> I mean, maybe have it somewhere no, where it's not gonna you. get bumped. It's 2023 or 1988, as it were. Put a little spritzer sprayer on there. That thing was around in like the Pepe Le Pew era. Put it in a spritzer. Well, they, an they, atomizer. It's, it's all about the aesthetic. The aesthetic of lifting the like. Very glamorous tall topper to dab the dab it on your neck. Also, I want to see the slasher movie wherein that happens, except he slits somebody's throat with it because surely that would be a thing. Yeah, I mean they did it with a glass unicorn in Black Christmas. So, yeah. Spoiler anyway, alert for Black Christmas. Time, I guess every time I see those things, I'm like, what a terrible design. Yeah, I have one. It's nothing in it. It's vintage, but yeah, I can't even imagine the stress. Also, it would uh, the liquid would evaporate more, not being like really sealed. I feel. I, I'm pretty like sure decanters. The 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 gla- the way that glass is designed with the sanding in, in it is also there to help. Because remember, I used I used I still do some slightly collect bottles, and I had like perfume bottles that like you could if you if you twisted them while they were in there, it would like make your teeth hurt. The sound. Okay. Okay. I still think that uh, seems like a nightmare to me, but that's fine. Well, you're also way more sensitive uh, I, to smells than I am. I I like yes, I like smells when I'm sleeping. I like I, I like to create scentscapes in my home. Well, I like a candle. I'm not like against a candle. I just the idea of like your your cologne or perfume just being like one good trip and stumble away from just that's the smell of your house forever is is terrifying to me. Anyway, we can get off my neuroses and on to uh, Sharon Stone. This Goomba guard is a real, real good piece of casting. He only gets like two scenes or three scenes, but every one of them is great. Yeah, uh, He almost looks like um, the character Hitman from the video game, the Hitman video games mixed with sure, Kingpin sure. from Spider-Man. I was going to say Kingpin. Yeah, I was going to say Kingpin. I think Spider-Man sometimes. Marvel, The Marvel Kingpin, Universe. Kingpin is a Spider-Man villain. He's in that Spider-Man game that I was just asking you about oh, but I th- and, and daredevil yeah but they daredevil and spider-man coexist. oh that's right they're both in new york yeah yeah you can go by daredevil's uh you can swing by daredevil's investigative services and take a you picture mean of it law for bonus services points. is it a law service yeah. i thought he did investigate no daredevil daredevil's a lawyer jessica jones is a private investigator okay I thought I thought Daredevil's like private business was investigating, but I I, I don't I do not know, so I defer to you. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's a lawyer. Because okay. oh, that's right, he is a lawyer because they put they put him in that uh, She-Hulk show. Apparently, oh. there was a scene where they were both in court together. Interesting. Was it the guy from the Marvel show mm-hmm. or the Netflix show? Mm-hmm. Um, he 
uh, Action Jackson arrives. Sharon Stone goes to leave with him. And then this guard that we were just talking about has this weird, like, kind of smirk on his face. And the look is supposed to clearly be like, well, I'm getting fired. But he's also kind of laughing. It's a very strange energy. Because he saw Sharon Stone overhear him and is clearly trying to, like, trap her. He's like, do you need a ride? I'll give you a ride. Like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when Action Jackson shows up and he's his face does not is is very unclear. It's inscrutable. Yeah. Um we go to a bar, we get the fainter back again. So good. He comes he comes back three more times and it's perfect. I know. It he does the comedy rule of three and then they do a second batch of three, which you wouldn't think would work, and it does. It's perfect. Also, earlier in Action Jackson's house, we saw inside his fridge that he was a Perrier man, which, you know, obviously more of that, like, he's a man of culture. And here, when he's with Sharon Stone, she's drinking a martini and he's having a Perrier. Mm-hmm. Well, do we, I don't think we ever see him drink, do we? No, he's always on duty. Oh, there you go. Okay. So he's like, you know, uh, he's a he's a man of principles. But Sharon Stone's dialogue here, like, truly makes no goddamn sense. She's no. like, you, I know you don't like him, but you don't know him like I do. She goes, she says, you don't become an industry giant and remain loved. And I was like, so he, so you're saying he's a bad person. And then her next breath is, you don't know him like I do. I was there when his son was taken to jail. He was very broken. And I was like, but like, that's not, that's not what you're saying. What you're saying doesn't mean what you think it says. Right. Right. Also, she starts to like turn on him, which is weird when like all of her dialogue was, you know, he's, he's just misunderstood. You don't get it. It's just like, well, then why are you helping bring him down? Yeah. Uh, a car, a taxi cab tries to run down action Jackson and misses. And he tells Sharon Stone to go to the police station and he runs down a taxi. No, cab. no, 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 no. He tells Sharon Stone to go to the police station alone because I have to catch a cab. <laughs> yes. Which, and then he mwah, proceeds. Mwah. <laughs> he runs down a taxi on foot. Because he was a track star in high school that we learned in the beginning. Yes, we did learn that. We did learn that he was a track star in high school. Uh, he also is smart enough to, like, run the cab into a spot where it is, like, driving on the sidewalk so it can't be maximum speed and all that stuff. But then he... Jumps on top of it. Great stunt, uh, you know, mm-hmm. stunt performance yeah, I, here. I will admit, he could have just written down the plate number of the taxi and been like, Who, <laughs> it seems what happened to this taxi driver, this taxi, you know. <laughs> yes, but that would be 1000% less not cool a stunt than spectacular. what happens, <laughs> which is that Carl Weathers punches out the windshield of this car. Uh, also, there's uh, several explosions in this car chase. Yes, several like they I, drive past, like lit- they cause multiple explosions as the as the car as he's sprinting after a car. Literally, my notes are: "Holy shit!" Exclamation! Exclamation point! Windshield punch out! Exclamation point! Car flip! Exclamation point! Another car flip! Exclamation point! Literally, my exact my exact <laughs> note. My exact note. And then the car flips into a building at the end. It, it launches and fl- like it's fully just a, a theme park stunt show. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Except 10 times cooler because this car blows up. I mean, they have explosions in theme park stunt shows. Yes, but I'm saying that is like a fake explosion. This is, hey, we're going to put a bomb in this car for real. Uh, and then we get another full song. Uh, before that, we get... Uh, wait. No, yeah, before that, at the police station, we get my favorite extra in the movie, which is a guy who looks like the guy. 
He's dressed like Weird Al, but he looks kind of like the guy who drives Ferris Bueller's car and is like, what country do you think this is? Like the greasy. Yeah. He looks a lot like that guy, but he's fully dressed like Weird Al. I guess he's supposed to be like an undercover cop or something, but the Hawaiian shirt is buck wild. But yes, here's your other song. Also, her dress in this song, the top half is completely sheer. Mm -hmm. She's just like, you know, nipples out for this one. I don't know. You can't quite see nipple. Oh, you can. Well, I was watching a 1080p version of Action Jackson. And let me tell you, you could. Weird. Weird, weird, weird idea for them. Also, she starts doing that, like, sexy crowd work thing that I feel like is more of a trope in movies than anywhere else where she's like sultrily stalking the room and then she starts singing right to action jackson it's a thing in like burlesque and drag i i've never really been in like a singer situation for it other than a i'm a singing in a burlesque and drag show but it's uh speaking of that uh a completely unrelated anecdote but a former coworker of mine just texted me and he was like so we're in new orleans for this uh conference thing and our other former coworker took a bunch of people to go to this burlesque show and i was like eh no thanks and then i saw them like 15 minutes later 20 minutes later coming back into the hotel and i said what went wrong and they were like um, it was a little extreme for us. And he was like, what's that mean? Apparently this was like a deathmatch wrestling version of this. The woman was stapling rose petals. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that's more sideshow. Yeah, that's well, they they were expecting like kind of a fun, sexy burlesque show. And instead they got a person going with a stapler and they were heading for the hills. Yeah, it's it, that's more the sideshow stuff is where they'll they, you, they'll eat glass. They'll staple things. Yeah. yeah. I've been yeah, to several yeah, yeah. things like that. It's not my cup of tea, but yeah, yeah, I don't care for that. That the, the, like the the nailing in the nose. I don't. I mean, I understand how the gag works. I just don't care for it. Yeah, but the staple thing is li- fire eater. I'm fine with fire. You're totally fine with. But yeah, the staple thing is literally just staples. Like there's not a magic. Tr- no, I know. Re- it's 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 a thing that wrestlers do. They will like deathmatch wrestling is a thing. I don't care for. It's exactly what you described. They will take like a bunch of dollar bills out and then just start stapling on the other guy. And I'm just like, I don't, I don't. Where need are the that. dollar bills coming from in a wrestling in, in a drag show? They're being handed dollars. <laughs> Where's the dollar? They bills will. Come? They will get. They the guy will like just pull them out of his pocket. <laughs> okay. Weird. It, you have to you have to visually show that you're actually stapling the person, or else like there's no point of the gag. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. So, yeah. Well, that's hilarious. There's also a thing in some wrestling culture in Mexico. They throw money in the ring if the match is really good. So maybe it grew out of that. Oh, the first okay, time. I can see that. Go ahead. I was gonna say that's hilarious that they were thought they were like we're going to a burlesque show, but yeah, yeah, show yeah. Can they mean thought they were going to like, different things. Yeah, yeah. They thought they were going to like a traditional, you know, kind of sexy burlesque show. This will be fun. maybe we're some comedy numbers, you know. This. Yeah, it was just like oh no. Um. Craig T. Craig T. Nelson goes to his home, and I don't know if you caught this here, but like the whole house is full of steam. It Why honestly it, seems it's like very hazy. I was wondering if the gag was supposed to be that like Sharon Stone just forgot to turn the shower off <laughs> <laughs> when she went out with Action Jackson. Uh, he gets a gun from the the goon we saw before, uh, and then Sharon Sharon Stone confronts him. Not with the intention they to kill the- Sharon Stone, clearly. No, no. And he's, he tucks it in the back of his waistband. And they have this double tease where, like, she gives him a hug. It's and then great cinematography. Down. 
It is. It is. The uh, the hand almost touches the gun and then it doesn't. And then the second time, the hand would touch the gun, except, oh, where's the gun? Bang! Craig T. Nelson just shot she admitted wife. she talked to a fucking police officer. Yes. And then he's just calmly sitting on the bed smoking a cigarette. The guy comes in and he's like, man, the gun works. And he hands it back to him. Brilliant. 10 out of 10 writing and performance in terms of villainy. Full cold killer Works business. fine. It's great. It's great. Yeah. So uh, we cut back to Action Jackson at the club, and here's where all of a sudden it turns into Last Night in Soho. We're like, this seems just like a, a nightclub where there's a singer and a band, and then yeah. he's walking back, and like there's clearly supposed to be a man coming out of a room, like buttoning his shirt, like wink, wink. Yeah, yeah. And then I was like, what is what? It, it's yeah. sex work. It's and not like performance? a. Sh- it's- yeah, it's not like a it's not like a strip club, and the person was like, "Oh, the in the back room, you can pay for extra or whatever." It's not even that business. Yeah, it's very very interesting. Uh, this goon guy, I love uh, this and, world you know, building with him. I was very disheartened when it. I was like, "Oh well, he's done." Just wait. Yeah. Just wait. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he he starts talking to this guy, and this dude is enormous. He's like the size of a doorway, and we find out that he is a. He a looks Muslim, like so he, the, he, he looks like the social worker from Lilo and Stitch, voiced by. <laughs> oh shit! Not Mackay Pfeiffer, the other guy from Dawn of the Dead, Ving Rhames, voiced uh, by Ving Rhames. Ving Rhames. Oh, okay. I have not seen Lilo and Stitch enough to know this reference. Yeah, if you Google Cobra great. Bubbles, Lilo and Stitch. <laughs> okay. Uh, he is he is an enormous man. We found out that he is Muslim, so he doesn't believe in fighting. He's he's uh, in medical doing school. This in pay for his medical school, and then Axon Jackson punches him in the gut. Nothing happens. Then there's like some more quipping. We we're learning all of this like about his religion and the medical school as this is happening. Then he punches him in the face, and he still turns the other cheek. And um, love the like no sell of the wrestling term just like nah that doesn't even bother me and then it's like beat beat cut inside the dressing room they both come crashing through the door and through the table and that's finally what puts the guy down mm-hmm. and the what's what's the sh- uh sandy no that's last last slide Van- Van- vanity is the name of the actress i don't know the name well of she the did character. she stopped going by vanity when she became a born-again christian <laughs> Oh, well, she probably does not like me then. Oh, probably. Um, she is so... That is a very funny, like... <laughs> I think it's so on the nose. Like, I my stage name was Vanity, and I'm not that anymore. <laughs> exactly. Um, she's, like, so unfazed that they literally crashed through the door to her dressing room. Yes. And she's like, oh, whatever, I guess. It's very, like, Samantha Stevens from Sex and the City. Yeah, yeah. For sure, um, yeah. And they leave. And she immediately she immediately changes gears into trying to seduce Axon Jackson, who is not interested. But like, how can you blame her? Yeah, like I mean, or yeah, I yeah, no. She also looks great. He's a fool. Um, but th- they're like in his car driving, and he tells her his name. He said, "My friends call me Action," and she goes, "She's like, I haven't seen any action." And I was like, "Bitch, wh- in what on he what just, planet?" He- he just Kool-Aid man in through the door with a guy the size of the Kool-Aid man. Like, girl. Uh, we, we, we see a bunch of cops around Action Jackson's apartment. I he fully, on his- I don't know, me, me being stupid. I fully didn't realize that they were driving to Action Jackson's apartment and that yeah. Sharon Stone's body was in his apartment. Because I was yeah. like, what does it matter? It- <laughs> Why do they think he did it? And I was like, oh, because she's in his house. 
Yes. And so he flips on the uh, the police scanner and gets these details and like starts to leave. And and Vanity is like, don't you have rap on that thing? <laughs> it's like, lady, what state? Or how high are you? This doesn't this doesn't what sound are like you talk on? radio. Like you are yeah. so far gone. Because the radio is like, uh, we got a we got a dead body in Action Jackson's apartment. <laughs> they name her. They say it's 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 Craig oh, T. Nelson's right. wife. Yeah, we got Sharon Stone here dead in Craig in uh, in uh, Action Jackson's apartment. Also, she's topless for no fucking reason. She wasn't yeah, topless when one, he shot her. Yeah. It, well, it's weird. He shoots her, and then he starts looking like he's gonna he's kissing her, and he looks like he's gonna start taking her clothes off. Oh, he does. Gross. And I right. was like, I was like, if he does like a one last time with her cooling corpse, I am going to be out on this movie. And I do wonder if that was a scene that was filmed and cut. Yeah. Maybe not a full scene, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like implication, a more implication because it was, it was started to be implied. Yeah. And so, but yeah, it does suck that she is both naked and dead. Uh, Action Jackson take also it is like it's the most casual it's clearly like a red dipped paintbrush they're just like all right Sharon lay down all right and they do like one Flick. casual swipe right between the breasts of blood and then they're like all right great hold your breath and scene so dumb so they go to uh Vanity's place What's the, hang on, I wrote the character's name down Sydney <laughs> Okay. They go to Sydney's place and she's being so annoying. Like Kate yes. Capshaw annoying. Kate Capshaw's character. Action Jackson Not Kate Capshaw. <laughs> Kate Capshaw's character. Action Action Jackson's like, don't turn the lights on, don't turn the lights on. He's don't pick he's up like the phone. whispering do and like crouching yeah. and like clearly is acting as though there's something wrong and they should be alarmed. And she's like Yes. It's like your drunk friend at the club. Mm-hmm. She's like we should make bagel bites. I think I got bagel bites. Flick, flick, lights, 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 crack, clang, clang, yes. clang, 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 bridge door. I had exactly the same thought. This is like taking care of your drunk friend where you're just like, just sit. I'm going to get you. Just sit. I'm going to get. I will make the bagel bites. Just sit down. <laughs> yes, I'll make them in the oven for you. Not the microwave. I promise. Sit down. Drink water. And so he's like, don't open this. Don't open that. Like we gotta check this. This, this there anything? There could be a bomb anywhere in this place. And she's like, "What are you talking about a bomb?" And then the answering machine kicks on and explodes. So like, that means Craig T. Nelson wanted to kill his mistress. Must be. She knew too much. But she did. That's the thing. He doesn't say he wants to kill her until much later in the movie. So like, why was this rigged now? I don't know. I. I, I it makes very little sense. It's just very cool. Is the thing. it is? But I wonder if maybe like. The bodyguard guy did it. The fake, could the be. kingpin. It could also guy. be that it, it could also be one hundred percent that this scene was supposed to come after the one where Craig T. Nelson is like, "Let's kill Vanity." No, no way, because that that move that he says that he like when he's monologuing at the end. Oh, okay. There's no way okay. it could do that, but yeah. So she still has is like unfazed by the explosion in her apartment, and he takes her to um this motel, Hotel Hoover, Motel Hoover with the iconic front like front desk i th- he's great everyone in this movie is great he is a former boxer by the name of kid sable and the the voice on this actor is unbelievable also this guy must be friendly with carl weathers i don't know if they're friends because he is in or maybe they maybe the relationship started there but this guy has roles in the first three rocky movies oh yeah he like, does like 
as like vagrant man on bench man on bus yeah 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 but it's it's got to be just that this man's voice is amazing it's this like incredible voice like this it's it's like three steps away from bobcat goldthwaite into enjoyable i don't think i'm following what you're putting down there like how bob isn't bobcat goldthwaite's got the annoying ass voice yeah yeah, Yeah, it's you're saying three steps from bob goldthwaite into enjoyable territory you you like this? I one. like this voice. Okay, okay, okay. I was gonna be flabbergasted that you didn't. I was like, this guy's voice is amazing. He almost sounds like the the trees in Wizard of Oz. I mean, oh, I could see that. This me or whatever the hell they say. Yeah, 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 yeah. The other thing about this guy, and it, it's purely in the way that the guy plays it. Even when he's sitting down, he has the physicality of somebody who used to be like lithe and graceful, mm-hmm. and could probably still. You know who go he fucking wants. He, He's Mickey Rooney. He's got the same energy yeah. as Mickey fucking Rooney. Mickey Rooney? Yeah, when Mickey Rooney is an old man and like just not moving much, but clearly you can tell he used to be a dancer and shit. Oh, oh dancing, dancing, dancing. Okay, I was, I yes, okay, I, I get, yeah, I, I was building toward. He's a guy who could one time kick your ass. It would take a lot out of him, and it would never happen again. But he yeah. has like one left in the tank. So when you went to Mickey Rooney, I was like, no, 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 I don't different. think I ever thought Mickey Rooney could kick no, anybody's ass. <laughs> Mickey Rooney. I think Mickey Rooney. I think Mickey Rooney might have struggled to kick. Uh, uh, damn it, Judy Garland. Well, uh, I was gonna say the other one, Shirley Temple's ass. <laughs> no, he was close with Judy Garland, not Shirley. I know, I know, I know, but I was just making a point that I think he would have struggled to kick Shirley Temple's ass. They're both sucking down cigarettes and chicken soup and amphetamines. <laughs> no soup, just broth. That's right, you're right, sorry, chicken broth. Um, but yeah, truly amazing voice. Um, the kid comes so back he's, again. He's like, well, there, I I thought it was a, he's like, this is our presidential suite, and in the morning I'll have somebody bring you breakfast. And it's just like, ha, 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 this is like a dirt bag, you know, a drug motel. But no, in the morning, knock, 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 here's the fainting kid to bring the breakfast. And he starts to faint, and Carl Weathers grabs the tray, and it's like, don't ruin breakfast. It's so good. <laughs> um, They go back out to Carl Weathers' car, and it's been stripped for parts. We get, uh, right before that, sorry, we get one of my, truly my favorite jokes in these types of movies, which is where a woman is like, you're either, in this one, they do a twist on it. Usually it's, you must be gay because I'm so hot and you didn't try to have sex with me. And this one, it's, you must either be gay or a cop because you didn't try to have sex with me. And Carl Weathers is like, well, I'm not gay. And she's like, oh shit, you're a cop. Yeah, I'm a sex worker. Oh no. it's the most winding road to get to this information like what a stupid thing but i just love the 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 vanity of vanity's character of like i am so hot that like i can't i can't believe a world exists in which you're not trying to have sex with me Mm -hmm. you know maybe my new headcanon is that this is captain holt's career (laughs) i would buy that Uh uh-huh for sure they kind of allude to him being this type of ass kicker in, oh, they in did the flashbacks with the uh, with Wunch, the serial killer. Oh, the disco killer. Is that the pool guy? I was thinking the guy he rests in the pool specifically, but yes, there's other ones. No, I, 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 the main one I remember is the disco killer who's like 85 years old and like decrepit, and he keeps being like, "No, he's the killer," and they're like, "He can't move." <laughs> it might that might be the one. There's that great scene where he like arrests a guy who's swimming laps and Holt is like, you're going to be in a four by four cell and I'm going to be swimming lap after lap. That's, after that might lap. be that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the car strip for parts, 
Um, this other scene comes to nothing, which is really shocking to me. But this guy steals Action Jackson's wallet and then realizes it's a badge and just like throws it in the alley. Mm-hmm. And this never comes back in the movie in any way, right? I didn't like miss a sequence where this is important information. Yeah, it doesn't really come up that like I can't pay for any. He mentions once I can't pay you, but it's not doesn't seem like it's important. But I thought him being a cop not having his badge would be, you know, a factor in the film. Oh, yeah, I guess, yeah. I I immediately went to uh, <laughs> paying for things. I Yeah, yeah. It's like his badge is missing and the ID that identifies him as a policeman. Um, so he goes to meet an old informant and gets, like, sneak attacked. Uh, sneak attacked by them showing him literally a jar with the informant's balls in there. Mm-hmm. And finally... Uh, Sydney is useful in this movie. Yeah. She, from this point forward, her character is really a good, fun part of this movie. Yeah. They're like, it's very much like that scene in Aladdin. <laughs> They're like going to kill him or whatever. And she comes yeah. in and she's like, that's my brother. And he's special needs. He thinks he's yeah. a, a priest or whatever. He thinks he's a, uh, uh, shoot. A prophet? A prophet. Yeah. Yeah. And then Carl Weathers, they they put like the, the what's great about this? They put is the cape on him, le- and he pops up. <laughs> yes, but they also they in terms of like the editing supporting the joke, they bring in a choir in the bed. So there's like a hallelujah, like you know people like clapping and singing along as yeah. Carl Weathers starts going like I've seen the voice of I've seen the face of God, and he wants you to reform. And he's like pointing at all these goons. And then as this goes on, he transitions into just kicking the shit out of all of them. Also, one of the guys threatening him is like speaking in like hip lingo. And yes. truly, I was like, I don't I, I went, I don't understand a word of this. And then Carl Weathers turns to the guy holding his holding him back and goes, I didn't understand a word of that. And I was like, oh, thank God it wasn't just me. <laughs> I was like, I feel stupid. There's so many breakaway props in this scene. It is it's like my such dream. a great fight sequence and choreo. Yeah. Yeah. But there's like to be able to get tossed through a bunch of breakaway tables, breakaway bottles, like uh, what I would pay. What I would pay. I know. I don't want a rage room. I want you to get a bunch of like movie props that I can just get fake beat up into. That would be delightful to me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me a t- six pack of breakaway glass bottles that me and my friends can smash over. I each mean, you other can buy those. Please. They're. I I honestly almost bought them for my bachelor party. I am to give not shocked. I, it was like I I literally had it in the cart and I was like I cannot spend almost a hundred dollars on this, but I was gonna give everybody one and just have everybody stand in a circle and go around. Just hit the person to your right. Yeah, exactly. No, but I mean I've always wanted to do that kind of stuff. I have too, and I was like very very close to doing it. Maybe maybe one year we'll blow some of the Patreon money and the Christmas special will just be us hitting each other with glass bottles. <laughs> no, we'll we'll have to we'll recreate scenes in which people break bottles to threaten or hit someone with a bottle. Sure, yeah, we could do that. If we if we get <laughs> if oh boy, what do you promise? Time, yeah, if between right the time this episode comes out and the end of February, if we get five new patrons at the five dollar or more level we'll 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 do a video for the february episodes where we smash a bunch of fake bottles on each other's heads okay um so they go uh, i'll let you take it because this is this is the part you're most excited my for. heart so he goes back to the to the motel and the the clerk tells him like i gotta told, i gotta save you the trip he did 
And then he like <laughs> gives him a new informant. He says, go to the barbershop and ask for, ask for D. Uh, and so we cut there and she is everything you want. She's got nails for days, perfectly done hair, a full face of makeup, the lavender, like great dresser's coat. She's got yeah. the the hot towel over Action Jackson, and she is rattling off the entire Wikipedia page for Craig yes. G. Nelson's character and what he's been. It's up a to. pure, it's a pure info dump, which is normally kind of tedious, but by giving it to such a dynamic character, it just makes this like really fun to watch. And I was like, where the fuck have you been hiding yeah. her? Because she yeah. should have been his like go to informant. A hundred percent, she should have been. His, like, right hand, basically. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's fine if you want to have, like, he could have had the other informant guy, the one who was just balls in a, in a, in a armoire. <laughs> but, like, she should have, he should have been, like, going to her constantly. Yeah. And, like, how about he has to take Trinity to this woman for, like, a part of the hideout, and Vanity. then that house gets damaged. Yes. Like, <laughs> Trinity's the Matrix. <laughs> Trinity's the Matrix. Yeah, but like maybe, maybe, maybe they go there, and then there's an explosion at D's house, and D is giving Action Jackson or maybe, kind of shit for maybe her house D getting has ruined. to give Vanity a makeover so she can hide. Sure, yeah, but like, it, I mean, I don't want you to lose Kid Sable, but like, my God, get this woman in more of this damn movie. Yeah, because hairdressers know everything. Worse, yeah, yeah, and even worse. There's the one of the delightful parts of this movie is where people start reappearing who you thought were gone. The, the fact that I, she doesn't show sure. up in the alligator wedding scene at the end yes. drives me nuts. This is one of the first times in the history of this podcast that we don't have a situation where people take an Uber out of the movie. What happens is the Uber driver shows up and he's like, hey, man, Hoppy, we're going to need you at the finale. I got to get you there. And they, they all pile in like a clown car. And then the Uber driver pulls up to the finale of the movie. He's like, hey, go help the hero. He needs it. And they all pile out of it's the car so and help back to Jackson. It's it's there's nothing setting it up. There's not like an Avengers speech that he gives. It's just that like or a phone tree people, or any bullshit. It's just. Yeah. 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 It's like these people respected this guy enough that he needed help and they just gave it to him. It rules. And D should have been part of this. Also, D uses the word defenestrated. And I'm like, that's just a word people don't use enough. Yeah. No. D should be stabbing a dude with scissors and then like running away. I need a whole movie of her. I need. I want six movies of D. Where's the D franchise? Like, if the fucking Fast and the Furious did a did a spinoff with uh, the Rock and Kevin Hart or whatever, Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah, D? yeah, yeah. There should be. It is. It is a crime that there aren't five Action Jackson movies and that D doesn't have a successively larger part in each one of them. Mm-hmm. D plus. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Double D, and she has a. She plays her own twin sister. Like, yes. come on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there need there should be, f- uh, and, and the other thing that pisses me off too is like, where's the like late career sad version of this? Just give me that. I'll I'll watch Action Jackson two in twenty twenty three starring eighty year old Carl Weathers or whatever the math <laughs> works out to be. Do, do you think he would be like him training his son or something? No, I want seventy five year old Carl Weathers running around. All these other old farts get to just Arnold run Schwarzen around. Like Carl Weathers. No one else did. Uh, Sylvester Stallone put out an Expendables for this year. Yeah, I know, and I don't like it. I like it better when they're there, but I don't need them. I'm I'm just, give me 75-year-old Carweathers being Action Jackson. I'm fine with it. He doesn't have to do quite as many physical stunts. He's 75 goddamn years old, but like, maybe he's a private eye now. and He's got one last case or something. Or, no, you know what I want? I want D's beauty school, where it's actually her 
training people how to become informants. <laughs> it's like she teaches them how to do hair, but also secret yeah. lessons of like here's here's the, here's how you get the information out of the yeah. client. Yeah, I'm in. Give it to me. Give me Axon Jackson in the Bill Duke role where he's like, uh, you know, I'm uh, I'm a desk sergeant, you know, whatever. I, I don't get out in the field anymore. But back in my day, it was crazy. And then, like, at the end of the movie, he has to get back out there and help kick some ass. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone. She also plays Odie May's sister. In That's Ghost. right. She does. I, for, I, okay. I was so enthralled by her in Brooklyn Nine-Nine in this movie that I forgot she was also one of Odie May Brown's sisters who, like, fly, yes. like flank her. Um, he comes back and... Uh, Sydney has found drugs by someone else in the building, and I love I love the the front desk guy being like, "Go easy on the door," and then Action Jackson destroys it on so, the way. And in. again, Action Action Jackson literally just shouldered his way through it, like pushed the whole door into the room. Yeah, and yeah. again, this guy's like, "I'm gonna, I I can take you." I'm like, "What drugs are you on, sir?" Yeah, we never find out if this is like a fake movie drug. They say or if smack. It's isn't oh okay that's heroin uh, yeah i think so i think yeah that's one of them shooting that. drugs yeah <laughs> i don't know anything about those well maybe can um, you snort you could be it could be a snorting drug maybe i don't know i think people do in other movies snort heroin but most of them do the shooting i think i've seen this the spoon and the shooting up yeah mo- more than that yeah yeah i don't know I, 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 heroin terrifies me I like I don't want anything to do with cocaine, but heroin I would be like, oh, I gotta go by and <laughs> yeah. jump out a window. Yeah. Um so they have this great fight, and while they're fighting, uh Vanity keeps being like, He's gonna kick your ass. You're an idiot. Don't fight back. Just lay down and let him arrest mm-hmm. you. And then uh Axon Jackson ends up grabbing the syringe that was stuck in the wall and jamming it into his shoulder, which I didn't think that was how these worked. And the guy starts laughing, so I thought he was gonna be like, ha ha ha, you shot it in the muscle. But no, he just like slumps. But over. also, well, I mean, even if it's not into the muscle, it's still a drug in your body. <laughs> like So the I, I have seen other drug movies where people miss the vein and nothing happens. I would think putting it in your muscles is still not good. Like, the muscle's going to go dead. It, but it doesn't get you high. It doesn't no, get I mean, you high. Yeah, but it's not good for you. But the the real delight of this is that after he shoots him up and we get uh, Biff and uh, John Henry down finding Action Jackson's car, they do a dummy toss where Action Jackson throws this man across the alley. Out <laughs> one window and through one another across the alley. It's magical. Brilliant. And then the 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 goon squad cops start running to arrest them and action jackson and vanity jump out the window onto the car roof and there's only 20 minutes left in this movie <laughs> which a lot happens it's the alligator the wedding scene yeah yes that's not that's not on the patreon that's a available to the public. alligators on the yeah regular website yeah regular episode yeah so they steal the cop car and then there's a really great moment where biff pulls this woman over in a Volkswagen bug and he's like, we're ca- commandeering your car in the name of the police. And she goes, the hell you are. And stomps on the accelerator and roars away, which is almost what happened when Brooklyn nine, nine crossed over with new girl. Oh yeah. Andy Samberg like tried that. to commandeer uh Zoe Deschanel's car. She was like, yeah, name one yeah. law. If you're a cop, I forgot about that. And they had uh what's his face? A uh, football player on there. It was just in Bottoms and everybody thought he was great. Oh yeah, I haven't seen Bottoms yet, but I want to. So they lure uh another informant or is it an informant? 
They lure someone. Uh, this guy. This I thought this was the other. I thought this was the guy who Craig T. Nelson was setting up to become the new president. That's of what the it was. Workers. He's I was like trying to remember what or whatever what D told Carl Weathers. But yeah. yeah. So they lure him to an abandoned Sparks factory. <laughs> it is truly an abandoned Sparks factory. And Carl Weathers uh, grabs a chain and Peter pans his way into the room. <laughs> He does a full Errol Flynn on two separate occasions in this movie. It is fantastic. It's great. Um, so the guy. Uh, also, I like the part in the car where uh, Vanity is like, "I am fully detoxing. I'm having a really hard time. My <laughs> yeah. teeth feel like they're flying on my head." And Carl Weathers is like, "Yeah, suck it up." Basically, <laughs> he does. I will try to drive us shit. into a wall. I will kiss a wall at 200 <laughs> yeah. miles per hour. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So, uh, like you said, Carl Weathers swings in. And the this guy says that Craig T. Nelson is going to have Action Jackson kill this guy in a public birthday party setting. And I was like, well, how are they going to do that? Yeah. Racism. That's how. Yeah. And Craig T. Nelson just straight up explains that that's the plan. He's like, the people at the party won't be able to tell the difference, which is wild. But again, great commentary. Oh, yeah. And this is where they got Carl Weathers shirtless chained up and it's just like squeeze 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 <laughs> i literally went holy shit this man looks carved out of granite i could not believe the way he, he looks like a current marvel guy when they're all on hgh and all the 65 yeah. other things like i'm sure carl weathers was enhanced here it just is he's crazy it wasn't as common in the like, 80s though was it i think it was more just steroids which is bulkier yeah like, now they're all 0% body fat and then very lean, muscly, and they used to be just, like, huge, muscly, you know, different side of the Yeah, now they s- dehydrate themselves for four days before a scene, and it's like, what yeah. are we doing? Yeah. Yeah. This seems very unhealthy. Um, uh, also, what, I think the guy you might be thinking that is Carl with the beautiful hair is Captain Mullet, I started calling him, because there's a beautiful blonde mullet among this. That's probably who here. I think is Carl. Carl. Yeah, yeah. But it is a this is a pure wrestling 80s mullet. Uh for the wrestling nerds out there listening, this is like a flying Brian Pillman, like a just <laughs> okay. a perfect 80s mullet. Uh so in his monologue, Craig T. Nelson says he had to kill his first wife and someone else for financial reasons. And I was like, what yes. finan is it her money yeah. that you have now? I don't know. Her her being the, like, I, what I want it to be, which obviously doesn't explain, is that it's like a reverse, paid, uh, or uh, he took her name and then killed her uh-huh. and took over the car company. I like that. That would I like be this. really good. If his name was, you know, Paul Smith and now it's Paul ha- Haley. And then he said, and I had to kill Sharon Stone because she knew too much. And he goes, and eventually I'm going to have to kill my son. You know, people get stabbed in prison showers all the time. And I was like, but Why? <laughs> I thought your Basically, son going to jail would ruined you. So what? Yeah, yeah. It's just the idea that like the son could get out and eventually turn on him. I think I, it's dumb. Also, the guy who tried to run Action Jackson down in the taxi, who does not look anything like him, is the one who we're told will be fake Action Jackson. Yeah, it's basically like they're gonna put him. <laughs> they're like we're gonna put him in a trench coat and a fedora, and no one will know the difference. Yeah, but, like, an important thing here, perhaps, would be, like, if I was making the movie, you know the part where Action Jackson had his fucking badge and ID stolen? Perhaps that guy was, like, part of the operation, and Craig T. Nelson is like, you lose this, it's gonna be real helpful to frame you for murder. We'll drop it at the party as my my one black friend runs away. 
<laughs> exactly. But it's a really great villain monologue. It's like, like I said, full mustache twirling, scenery chewing. This is like exactly what you want here. He leaves a handful of men from his foot clan to kill Action Jackson while he and a couple others leave. And back out! That's Vanity's Bodyguard music. <laughs> it's the the guy from Die Hard who kind of looks like Huey Lewis is about to burn Carl Weathers with a torch, which mostly Not even the an torch. It's like a, a, a an industrial like welding torch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it looks like a robot arm that does welding without human. It looks touch, like it would do but... to Carl Weathers what. <laughs> the atomic bomb does to Linda Hamilton against the chain link fence. Yeah. Yeah. And but what's really funny about this is it's just purely an excuse for Carl Weathers who has his arms up in like sort of strongman bicep pose to flex against the chains and just his biceps are just like rippling. It's the same thing they did it. when, um, Captain America held mm-hmm, a helicopter mm-hmm. on and yeah, I, yeah, I needed a moment alone. <laughs> uh, so, in comes also doing an Errol Flynn, Vanity's bodyguard, who like lands and just starts throwing punches. It's magical. He's so good at this. The fight choreo is great. The stunts are great. The puns are great. And it's like just one cool thing after another. It's like we have the torch here. Then he drops in. Then we have a guy get kicked or punched into a, a circuit breaker, which has a cool. Well, first he spray burst, paints his then- face. Yeah, he. Oh, that's right. He has like a. Oh, you car, know, I bet they're uh, in a car like factory. A gun. They, it is a car factory. I said. I, I said Sparks Factory. Not thinking, but I was like, yeah, it's yeah, a car factory. Yeah. I mean, it is a Spark Factory, but it is definitely a former auto plant. Um, but the guy gets sprayed in the face and then like set electrocuted and then body bursts into flames and then another guy gets set on fire with a flamethrower like from that because he torch. was holding a gas can. Like an idiot. Yeah, and then, and then the the it's like, oh, that was cool. Oh, that was cooler. Oh, just wait, because here comes the grenade launcher that Carl Weathers took from uh, fake Huey Lewis, and it's our second man hit with grenade launcher in the film. He said, because originally this guy was like, we're going to have a barbecue, implying they're going to burn Carl Weathers. And he goes, barbecue, huh? How do you like your ribs? And then he blows him up. <laughs> he shoots him with a grenade. It's so good. So we get, we smash cut to the uh, attempted birthday party murder. And all of Action Jackson's friends are here except D. Mm-hmm. The fainter is back. The uh, the, the kid, uh, the, the, the front kid desk Sable. guy, kid, kid Sable is there. Um, but just, yeah, like D Who, should oh, be part the third of this. one? It's, um... Oh, it's the bodyguard. It's it's Sydney's bodyguard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got the fainter. We got Kid Sable, and we got the 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 Muslim medical school medical school student who never gets a name. I don't think bodyguard. Um, yeah. So we see the sniper in the tree, and we're getting like all these speeches. And I notice at this point, like so many of these people in the movie talk like people who are in a commercial to stop smoking <laughs> cigarettes. That's just like. I used to be able to talk and sing so beautifully, but now this is what I sound like. And I just was like, what's happening in this place? Or they talk like they're in Dynasty. This woman runs up to yeah. Craig T. Nelson and like, is like, how awful. I, there was no one there to park in my car when I arrived. <laughs> how, how unseemly. We had to park yeah, yeah, unseemly. Um, so we got the sniper in the tree. Action Jackson, Errol Flynn's him on a string of Christmas in swings in on a swing. Ugh. Errol Flynn swings in on a 
string of Christmas lights, kicks him out of the tree onto a spiked fence. And there's some excellent Foley work. There's not been a lot of great, yeah. fo- like, notable Foley work in this movie. And then all of a sudden at the end, the guy falls out of the tree. You hear thud and then. And I was like, it's real. What? And then the guy like grabs at Carl Weathers, who just kind of gives him like a come on and like shakes it You're off. dead. Um, Kid Sable has this great move where he's like, like I said, he like like he can go once if he has to because Kid Sable obviously was not as big as this man is when he was a boxer, but he does like fast feet punches a guy the guy pulls out of a gun we hear the gunshot and then he turns around and another guy is like hey aren't you kid sable (laughs) yeah i think it's the uh, the other detective guy (laughs) yeah 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 the one who's been like sort of on action jackson's side but chasing him down um and then uh the butterfly knife guy throws a butterfly knife at at a rich man who says hey craig t nelson just did this and then gets stabbed in his own throat with his own butterfly knife by the bodyguard. And then the bodyguard yeah. looks at Fainty Kid and goes, Hope the show is you crime doesn't pay. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, Action Jackson gets in the car and I was like, Oh shit, he's going to drive in the house. And then I remember, Oh, so you think he's going to drive in the house, but it's so much more. Well, I got to tell you, I felt very proud of myself here because I was like, This house has enormously wide staircases. Are they gonna? And then we hear, you know, tires squealing, jamming the front door, and then oh, this car is exactly the size to drive up the steps of this through the house, through the ballroom, yes. through the up the stairs, uh, across the landing, into uh, the bedroom, onto the second floor, and into the bedroom. It is masterful. I've never seen anyone do that ever in an action movie uh-uh. of any type. He also kills the uh, the bald headed bodyguard of Craig T. Nelson. Yes, He's yes, crushes he him gets with a the good car. Death. Yeah, he gets a pretty good again, like, blood Because, again, he starts firing a gun. I was like, if this dude drove a car into a house, <laughs> yeah. do you really think your gun is going to stop anything here? I, 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 I guess you have to hope that you can, like, kill him and then jump out of the way of the car as it smashes into the wall. But it's a bad plan. It's a bad plan. I just, I just think back to Michael Caine and, and Austin Powers. Like, why don't you just lay down on the floor and <laughs> yes. we'll finish this later? <laughs> yeah. I don't even have a name tag. <laughs> You're a faceless goon. <laughs> uh, so we go upstairs. We have a full hand-to-hand fight with it's Craig dumb. T. Nelson. They both Craig throw their guns down, and I was like, Craig T. Nelson, uh, uh, Carl Weathers, just shoot him. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, fully, that's what he should do. But I do, the, the choreo of this is fun, and it's brief enough that I don't feel it's like, not as, oh my God. It's not as bad and dumb as the um, Lethal Weapon one. Yeah, exactly. That, that goes on for oh like my nine god! <laughs> I was like, this pissing contest in the rain on the on yeah. the lawn. Get out of here! Yeah, if that fight was this long, I would love it. Mm-hmm. Um, we get a classic wrestling babyface comeback where Carl Weathers gets like the kick, the shit kicked out of him, and then it's like, oh, here he comes. He, he hulks up, uh, comes back, and then after a brief punchy punchy interlude goes for his gun and shoots craig t nelson as he shoots at him except carl weathers action jackson don't miss he kills he, craig it's t. like a beautiful little blood spray yeah and he only gets winged in the shoulder uh biff is like nice work action jackson with a big <laughs> thumbs up in the back which i just love that he gets that little moment uh and then a big smooch action jackson for... gets made lieutenant again Yes, yes, and then a big smooch with vanity. A stupid kiss. The, uh, it's a dumb kiss. Yeah, it's fine. He, they clearly wanted to the whole time, and he was like, "I'm on duty. I can't." So, oh yes, I, I, was okay with it. I mean, it's not. It's fi- it's like five seconds. I know, it's but it's fine. dumb. 
whatever. I am so mad that there aren't five of these. I it's agree. Just, it's, it makes me it makes me so upset that there's not been Action Jackson 2. It's crazy that there's not another one of these. And the other thing, too, I couldn't stop thinking this whole time is like, I don't I don't think this was released theatrically. And I did forget to look this up. I meant to. But like, man, how good did we have it that like a, a, a if, if it was theatrically released, it was a low budget movie. Looks like this. There's so much care that went into it. There's so much craftsmanship. There's all these incredible bombs. Like, things get blown up. Real cars get blown up. The fights look good. You can see what the hell is happening on screen. It's just freaking masterful. It's just, like, yeah, it's schlocky and stupid, right? Like, I'm not suggesting this movie is, like... No, it's not high incredible. art. No, but it is a masterpiece of this genre to me. I mean, it's exactly what you want out of this type of movie. I would agree with that. I, yeah, I just, it's like, it's just bonkers to me. This says it made $65 million at the box office, which now I'm even more mad because it made $65 million on a $7 million budget. But it was, I guess it was panned by critics. I mean, sure, I guess. So this, I just found this quote on the, the thing as I was looking this up. Uh, the creation came about, I was doing Predator and I was talking to Joel Silver who loved black exploitation movies. And Joel said to me, Joel Silver's a big producer for those who don't know. Uh, he said, well, you know, why don't you put something together? So during the time of shooting Predator in Puerto Vallarta, I created this story and came up with this guy, or at least the title, Action Jackson. And then Joel found a writer who wrote the screenplay and that was it. We got it made. Damn. $65 million is bonkers. On a seven so apparently, budget, Apparently, yeah. this says... Oh, okay. Carl Weathers explains this. Lorimar, the the company that released it, sold the lot to Sony, the film lot to Sony, and the library for the film to Warner Brothers, and that was it. It just never resurfaced again. Oh. That's crazy. This says $20 million theatrically on an $8 million budget and $45 million in VHS sales. I believe it. It's, it's, it's very clearly like a VHS staple kind of movie yeah yeah the cover art is like designed to get you to rent or buy this movie but yeah i just it makes 13 year old the cover is to make 13 year old boys pick it up yeah yeah me (laughs) me (laughs) exactly me uh but yeah truly awful that there are not five of these like just really stupid uh hollywood is a dumb system often as we see continuing to continually yeah but yeah this is a huge thumbs up to fuck me. I think I gave this four and a half. <laughs> yeah, always fuck you, Zaslav. Uh, I think I gave this four and a half on Letterbox. But like I said, I, and you, you sounds like you agree with me. Yeah, this is a masterpiece of this schlock genre. If like, you like this style of movie, art. you will love this. Yeah, exactly. And you know immediately if this is the kind of thing you like or not. And it's fine if you don't Watch, like it. Truly, just, I think this just turn it on. Is. And if, if yeah, <laughs> by the time the credits start rolling, you are it's yeah. not you. It doesn't feel like it's for you. Yeah. The rest of the movie yeah. is just more of that. So, like, yeah, exactly. Yes. If the first four <laughs> minutes are bad, you don't like it. That's fine. Just turn it off. This is truly a movie that's like, hey, we made Doritos. So if you like Doritos, here's a grand family size. Here's bag. a Costco bag of Doritos. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You either want to eat that or you don't. But this is what we made. So here. 
Uh, but yeah, I, I loved this. I cannot wait to watch good. this again with friends. Yeah, this is this is definitely I immediately texted uh, a former guest of the show, my buddy Chris, being like, have you ever seen this? Because this is like a perfect bad movie night schlock movie. So we're going to have to revisit this. Uh, I think I'll be revisiting this in the next uh, six months almost for sure. But I just really could not get enough of this full, full, full on. Full-throated fun all the way through, and uh, hopefully we will figure out uh, how to get some schlock uh, a schlock month going on the pod. Yeah, for, we could always uh, do schlocktober, but we like spooktacular. Maybe maybe it'll be schlocktember. <laughs> you know. Well, that I, then we get uh, you know another option. Yeah. So I feel like I feel like I I want to do Stone Cold, which is the other one from this director that rules. Uh, and then that one has Lance Henriksen as the bad guy. And then uh, uh, we should do Hard Target and Sudden Death, I feel like. So yeah, we'll so Sudden Death out. for sure. Yeah, I, I will absolutely get that in there for you to make the month a little more palatable. <laughs> Thank you. Although Hard Target, I feel like you enjoyed. Hard Target was fine. Yeah, so yeah, whatever. We'll we'll have fun with it. Uh, but anyway, thank you so very much for listening to the show. Check us out uh, on Facebook or at Dissect the Eighties on Twitter. Uh, join join us on Patreon. We're doing a cool uh, commentary this month, the Secret Christmas Mentary. Uh, I'll give you a little hint. It will be uh, some television episodes. Do you have? Um, <laughs> we'll be having a little fun that way. Uh, so check that out. That bonus episode will drop on Christmas Day. And then uh, every other month you get another one. So uh, we had a great one in October, Halloween, John Carpenter's classic, and we'll have a fun commentary for Christmas. Review the show if you haven't. That should be your holiday gift to us. And uh, send us a screenshot if it's not on Apple Podcasts, because that's the only one we get sent to us. Thank you so, so much for listening. I hope you go watch this movie. It rules. Uh, I have been Action Triplano. I I will always be Action Andrew Lano. Until next time. Don't you forget about me. Dissecting the 80s is a chum sum of this production. Ow.